Good morning, good people. Welcome to ADZ Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness, Freeman Mazda Hyundai, and Worth the Poor. I am your host, Will Skywalker Still. Boom! Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. All those who are with the notification squad, in here early. Thank you, thank you kindly. Today, we're going to continue. I told you, this week it's about, I don't want to say calling out. But bringing to light our head honchos, our top dogs that we need to be those dudes next year to get where the Cowboys want to get to. And this one here, I'm very interested to see your takes. Ezekiel Elliott. Uh-huh. Zeke. Weird year for Ezekiel Elliott last year. I think he's the second most polarizing figure on this team behind Dak Prescott. And probably for good reason, right? So we're going to talk about him a little bit and try to see if we can decide what his future is going to be with the Cowboys because it's very murky. The present's fine, but the future is, is, is kind of murky, and I want to figure that out. So we'll talk about Zeke today. And then in the roundup, we got some uh, coaching news, some former Dallas Cowboys coaching news. And all I'm going to do is do... Clap it up for a former a former Cowboy coach. We'll get into that in a little bit here. I, I think it's kind of kind of funny. You know, you go from Cowboys coach to where he's at now. Not knocking his career path. You know, we'll talk about him in a second. But, uh, ooh, it's a fall from grace. Fall from grace. All right, let's get into some uh, shout-outs here. We got Jay Lombardi, Mr. Tang, woo! Uh, C. Burleson, Jesse Falls, Samuel Rowe. I'm not on vacation, bro. <laughs> Antoine saying, oh, you're back from vacation. I wish I was over there with you. Uh, Toxic Tom Downey Burner account, Frankie Franchise, B47. Big TC915, uh, Adrian Padilla, Irvin Simmons, James Rogley, Carlton Nose, Doris. And who else we got over here? Mackenzie, two-time, two-time. Facebook's in the building this morning. Russell Dyer, how you doing? Dorian Hooker, Jason Ted, Nicholas P., uh, John Garcia, Matthew, and Chuck P. in the building. What's good with y'all? What's good with y'all? Uh, good show today lined up. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Don't think it'll be a long one <laughs> every time I say it. But, yeah, I just really want to talk about uh, what we got going on in the roundup in, in this Ezekiel Elliott situation. And not just Zeke, really, Tony Pollard as well. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and mix him in into the talks. But uh, we need these guys next year. We need them. I truly believe that this team is a better team, obviously, when they are balanced. And the Cowboys lost that balance last year, Cowboys Nation. They lost that balance for a multitude of different reasons. And we'll talk about that. With that said, let's hit that roundup, boy. Look at It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. I promise. I swear I promise it won't be left. <laughs> All right, man. Welcome to the morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness. A solution for your fitness goals, whether it be for weight loss, strengthening up, toning up, sports or stress relief. Our friends over at TFF, they got everything you need, including that beautiful blue turf. I think he's a Boise State fan, if I'm not mistaken. All right. Head on over to any of the 13 different locations in the DFW area. 
or visit TexasFamilyFitness.com. Let them know that we sent you. You saw it. You seen it. The clapper, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Jason Garrett lands a TV job with the USFL. JG to TV. Very interesting. I hate to say fall from grace. That's me. USFL, hey, good analyst, analyst job. I'll take it. But from a head coach of Dallas Cowboys, the offensive coordinator of the Giants, where he was fired midseason, to getting turned down by the Duke Blue Devils for their coaching, and he falls to the USFL as the analyst. Not good for JG. Good for JG. Uh, he'll be joined by former running back Michael Robinson, Penn State alum, and current defensive end Cam Jordan as analyst for the USFL, which debut, and I might watch it, it debuts this weekend, Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, between the New Jersey Generals and the Birmingham Stallions. I might check it out. You know, when XFL dropped a couple years ago or, or came back, I watched it. I didn't watch it hardcore, but when it dropped, the initial games, right, I wanted to check it out, but then I kind of faded to black with it. It was spring football. I really want to get into it, but it's hard for me to get into it. But I'll check out. I'll check out the USFL. I know our our, our resident OG, other OG, Uncle Charles. He said he's done with these boys. He's, he's riding with the USFL, so maybe I'll check out his Birmingham Stallions. I think that's the team he likes to root for. <laughs> Toxic said, "JG robbed ten years of my life." Yeah, yeah, Irvin. He's going to be an analyst. It's, it's very interesting. I wonder if the USFL is going to have the same effect um, as XFL did, where some of these players will get picked up. And the one that I think about the most is Donald Parham, the tight end for the Chargers. He's having a solid career over there uh, with the Chargers. One thing I did notice about the USFL, they're going to use chips in the football. I know the NFL is watching. They damn sure need to be because there are some things that are just archaic with the game. I find it interesting they, they they change the rules, right? They 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 become more modern with the rules and player safety, but they keep things like a chain game. It's 2022, man. Put the damn chip in the ball. Do it in preseason. See if you like it, which I'm sure you will. You can still keep the chain game. You just don't need to use them all the time. I always thought forever, since I was a kid, I thought, man, they cheating. Like they cheating. There's and they ain't really cheating, but you know, like you can't tell me them them running out there doesn't affect you no know, an inch or two or a foot. I don't know, man. I just don't like it. I think the chain gang stuff is is just archaic as hell, dog. So put the damn chip in the ball and let's roll. Mel said he hate me. That's the old school US or the old school uh league that we were just talking about. XFL. I'm talking about the new school. The new school, the one that I, I can remember. I think the Walker kid went to the Panthers, but Donald Parham's, I think, the star coming out of that league. Around the league, Noah Fant received the first fifth-year option to be picked up. Uh, talented tight end, you know, one of the. I don't want to. I don't know if he's a bust, but it was interesting. He got picked as high as he got picked, but nonetheless, his fifth-year option was picked up. Dallas this year won't have to deal with that. They they dealt with it last year with LVE. 
elected to not pick it up, which was the right move uh, because they ended up getting a couple linebackers to essentially replace him. But remember, in 2019, they don't have to deal with this fifth-year option because they traded their pick that year, the first-round pick, for Amari Cooper, who's not on the team anymore and was traded for a fifth round. And that was the same draft they took Tristan Hill. Let's be real, Cowboys Nation. The Tristan Hill pick, it's a massive bust, man. It is an epic failure. Like, I don't care how much you like Tristan Hill. The actual pick going into year four is a failure. He's been in the league for three years. I don't care about, you know, hey, injured, whatever, man. 18 career games. He's been suspended and fined and benched and doghouse hurt. And then when he does play, at best, he's eh, 27 combined tackles in three years and a half sack credited to him. Where Remember, he came into the league. He was supposed to be that pressure three tech that gets to the queue. 18 games, half sack. I know sacks ain't everything, but bruh. So, yeah, I'm interested to know if a lot of y'all in this chat are team Tristan Hill because, you know, there was a time where people were like, oh, wait, give him a chance. Man, it's been three years. <laughs> the chances are done with me with Tristan Hill. And let's be real. If you look at the depth chart right now, he's at best your third or fourth three tech. And that depends on where you want to put Carlos Watkins, right? Carlos Watkins could be considered a one next to Neville and those boys because he played like that. But in reality, he's a three. So he's either your third or fourth behind the Watkins and the Osa and Neville. And depending on what happens in the draft, he could be a cut candidate. He could be a cut candidate. Chuck said a uh, super bust. Yeah. Marinelli pick says Irvin. Hill doesn't even have eight sacks. Hell, brother. He barely got eight solo tackles. <laughs> I know we should. I shouldn't be ragging on him. He's still on the team. But that, you know, when I saw the Noah Fant news, it reminded me, like, who was our 2019 first-round pick? Oh, that's right. We didn't have one. Well, then what did we do? Oh, Tristan Hill. Maybe he revitalizes his career, his career somewhere else, but uh, not here in Dallas. And then finally, some light news. Uh, the number changes became official yesterday uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. We talked about the DB players changing their numbers last week and Kelvin Joseph and Jordan Lewis to one and two, respectively, and Anthony Brown to three. We're going to have one, two, three, and seven. One, two, three, six, and seven on the defensive back. Uh, then you got Israel McQuamo, 24, Rico Dowdle to 23. Dante Fowler's going back to 56. James Washington already confirmed he was 83. But the one that popped out to me was Chauncey Ghost. Hey, bro, you get 99, man. See, I feel like if you're going to rock 99, you got to ball out. I think 99, I've always thought number 99 on the defensive line, bars, was dope. Ever since I was a kid, ever since I was playing Madden, and Ky I always thought if you put 99 on a player, they got a ball out, man. They got a ball out. I'm trying to remember the last 
99 in Dallas. That was it Ryan Russell, y'all? I mean, it could have been more 99s, you know, occasionally, but none of them really pop out. I'm trying to remember. I don't I don't I don't really know too many 99s in the last five years on the Cowboys. And I could be missing it. A completely easy one, right? Y'all can let me know. Woods. Okay, there we go. Thank you. So so Antoine Woods were 99. Yeah, I guess he he would be, yeah, he would be the last one. And Woods was okay. Woods was okay. I'll give him that. It's all right. I want to see Chauncey be better than that, though. Somebody said, I think Russ, I think so, Russell. But yeah, but then it was Woods after Russell. Thought he did cool with it. Chris Canty, another 99, yeah. I like Chris Canty here. That nine, that 11 sack season got him paid. Shout out to Rob Marinelli. Got him paid, went on to Washington. It really wasn't much. No, 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 not Canty. That's Hatcher. I'm thinking of Hatcher. Hatcher got the 11 sacks and went on to Washington. Canty went to, got on like two Super Bowls, our Super Bowl ring with the Giants. That's what that was. That's what that was. All right, y'all can call into the show as well if you want. 351-999-3787 is the call-in line. Interesting topic today. Talking about one of the players who, he's not going to change his number. Ezekiel Elliott. Ain't changing his number no time soon. Shoot. I mean, I don't know. Y'all can tell me. Are those jerseys still flying off the board there? Are they still making these little gizmos and gadgets? He's a favorite. He's a favorite so far in Dallas with this with this uh, front office. If you listen to Stephen Jones, right? Stephen Jones came out and said he will be here on this team, and we are glad to have him. For now, we'll see what happens in 2022. But in a way, though, it was a tale of two Ezekiel Elliotts. I think last season, everyone thinks that it was a tale of two Ezekiel Elliotts, and you could kind of say he was a microcosm of the offense last year started off pretty hot had a rough patch and then completely essentially flamed when it mattered uh and then if you go a little bit deeper you look at the injuries Zeke got injured right then he had injuries as well with the offense with Tyron Smith Dak Prescott with his calf injury Michael Gallup with his calf in the ACL so it's not just a, a Zeke thing in regards to his struggles. I think it was an overall just offensive shit show in the sec, in the back half of the season. That starts with the offensive coordinator and then trickles down to the players as well. The coaching, I should say. Because the staff, in my opinion, Cowboys Nation, they, they have a lot to do with how things went down. I don't think they handled things well at all. And, you know, if you want to put the tinfoil hat on... You can say some of these calls came from up top. I don't give a damn where it came from. They need to figure out. They needed to figure out a way to to, to get that thing back on track. And I don't think they ever really did. Before I get into Zeke, you know, individually, you'll get a lot of people. I see it on Twitter. I see it here. You know, a lot of people will will scream number one offense. They'll scream all this stuff. And to an extent, yes, you're right. This was the number one offense. They did put up all these yards and all these points. But my mantra here, and it's been this way for years, context matters. I'm not saying take away playing the bum teams. I'm not saying take that away. My standards are just a bit higher. 
once I dive deeper and look at some context and go look at, okay, well, how did the offense perform against the, the top teams or the top defenses or, or what have you? You tell me. You, you find me a game post-injury, post, I say Dak injury because that's where things got weird, where the offense was the shit against a good defense or a good team. I can't. And fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, you can't get fooled again. You know I love that saying, George Bush. I'm of the belief at some point I need my coaching to get me a dub or two. I need my coaching to, to help my injured players or help my deficient roster or whatever. Never really quite saw that in the back half. So before I get into Zeke, I just wanted to lay that out there that this ain't all on the individuals, but the individuals, when I talk about Dak, Zeke, Tyron, you know, Connor and McGovern, both Connors, we can go down the line. Individually, they, excuse me, they had their issues, but I don't think they were aided by the coach. I don't think they were aided by the coach. All right. Before we jump into it, man. Let me tell you guys about Worth the Poor. I needed a couple pours this season because of the tail two Zeeks. Worth the Poor is a uh, family-owned and operated luxury liquor store located in the colony of Texas. They got affordable prices when it comes to their beer, their wine, spirit, top shelf, low shelf, whatever you want. They got what you need to make your decision of drink choice much easier. And now... If you don't live in the Denton County area, or if you do live in the Denton County area, they deliver and they have an app that you can log on to and you can use a discount code A to Z sports and get 5% off any of your orders delivered right to you. So if you got a draft party coming up, if you're going to be watching, you know, the, the war room with the Cowboys, Vach on the volume uh, me and, and don't know quite yet who will be joining me. I'll jump on when the, when the Cowboys pick. You need a little drink to just chill with, kick back with your lady friend or your male friend or whomever, your friend friends, hit up Worth the Poor. Put in A to Z Sports to get 5% off. Do it. I'm telling you. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and... Here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. That, that video will always crack me up. I knew this one was going to be interesting. I'm looking at some of the comments here in the comment section. Zeke will leave here and go help a team win the Super Bowl. I think I talked about that with... Uh, Coach Marr. It wouldn't shock me if he had a Corey Dillon type year, right? Wouldn't shock me. In my opinion, Zeke damn near the only back that turned out good from being highly paid. That's something I would love to actually go up, go look at. I would love to see that. Now, he got paid in 2019, right? 2019. Since then, he hasn't been the prepaid Zeke. Prepaid. But I don't think he's been a massive failure either. He's very polarizing because you can go a lot of different ways with this, depending on your view of how you view running backs. 
Uh, Nick P said, I can. We play very well against both against tough against New England. Yeah, you ain't following directions, Nick P. That was the end of the, you know, that was the, the, the mark I'm talking about. Name me a game. The offense played well post week six against a good team. I don't think he could find me one. I don't think you find me one. And a lot of that had to do with Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, there's a tale of the two Ezekiel Elliots. You got the Zeke in weeks one through six. He averaged 17 carries per game, 86 yards per game, 4.8 yards per carry, five touchdowns. You even started to see him make people miss more than I had. It's been, it's been, it had been a while since I seen him make guys miss the way he made guys miss in that first six weeks. 11 missed tackles. Keep in mind, he had 19 total in the season. So, over half of them came in in a six-week span. And he had three games of 90-plus rushing yards. Joey said the Chiefs, boy. Joey, you you remember that game, do you? That was a a terrible game offensively. In fact, that that was the game where I started to get a little really nervous. The Denver game, I was like, ah, one-off. The Chiefs game started to get me a little bit nervous. Nonetheless, that first six games, Zeke, listen, I know a lot of people like to get on him, but I I thought you saw the best version of Zeke since his early years. You saw the current peak version of Zeke. And what I mean by peak version of Zeke, I'm not talking about OSU Zeke. I'm not talking about rookie year Zeke because I don't think he'll ever be that guy. But you saw the peak version of what he is now. It may not be as smooth. Uh, you know, It may not be as explosive. If I had to put a word onto what, what, what Ezekiel Elliott is now, healthy, it's savvy. You don't normally hear that about a running back. But he's a, he's a savvy running back. I thought he's all, he always was savvy, but he had a, an element of explosiveness to him early in his career. Uh, I mean, that's just not there anymore. And, and, and look, you don't need him to be that guy. Financially, you probably want him to be. But just talking football here, we'll get to the contract later. I don't think you really need him to be that guy, especially when you got Tony Pollard to be the lightning to his thunder. And I, and I thought Zeke was a steady bruiser to Tony Pollard's lightning in those first six weeks. You saw those cuts that he was working on in the offseason, right? People were kind of making, you know, not making fun of, but laughing a little bit at his resume or what have, or, his, you know, the way he did things in the offseason. But, hey, I think it worked out for him in the first six weeks. You saw those cuts coming away. You saw him make defenders miss at a higher rate. And just like I said, I thought they mixed in TP at a solid rate. Because you asked for a little bit more TP, maybe. But I didn't have any complaints on how they used him. He saw double-digit carries, talking about Tony Pollard, in five of the first six games. So, I didn't really have any issue. I thought they would grow on to that. I thought that Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, at that time, was the best one-two punch in the league. I know you got, you got Chubb and you got Hunt. But I thought those two guys showed why, in my opinion, going to the season, I had them ranked as either one or one A 
as a duo. Then the bad came. And he got hurt. Before we talk about that, let me hear what you guys got to say over here. Uh, the Pittsburgh game, Zeke went off. He's talking. You're talking about his rookie year. Yeah, man, that, that game was awesome. B47 said he was running good the first half. Yeah. Jeremy wants to draft O-line, and Zeke will bounce back. Yeah, yeah, I think Zeke will be fine with a better with, with better blocking, and we'll get to that in a second. Toxic Tom wants to know who was the last team to win the Super Bowl with their high paid running back. Now, see, he said this ain't the '90s. Again, if we want to if we want to get to financially, that is a you know that's an entirely different story, and we will in a second. We will, but let's get to. I guess the second half of Zeke, right? The bad of what happened with Zeke. Now, I got weeks through 7 through 17 because week 18, honestly, was kind of embarrassing. To You force-fed this man to get 1,000 yards on a torn PCL. I, it still frustrates me. Like, like him getting 1,000 yards, people are like, well, he still got 1,000 yards. Man, stop it. He could have not had 1,000 yards, and I still would have said, hey, Zeke had a great first half, and the injury happened in the second half. It is what it is, right? Like, there is context to why his second half of the season was was rough. I can give a damn about 1,007 yards because they force-fed him to get that in the final season. I can really give a damn about that game in general. All those, the, the record, you don't hear me talking about Dak Prescott's record. I don't care about that. They did it against the third team. Who cares? Now, it'll go down in the history books or whatever, but just reviewing the season, I can care less about that game. So, from week 7 to 17... He averaged 12 carries per game, 39 yards per game, and 3.3 yards per carry. This is where I think it was Jesse and I were dubbing it coaching malpractice. At some point, you know, we knew Zeke was banged up. We didn't know about the PCL injury. First, they told us, oh, well, well, it's just a, br- a bruise. And, and then we're looking at, well, if it's a bruise, why the hell does he have a, a brace on? That doesn't make any sense. All right. Then it was, oh, he sprained, you know, he sprained his knee. All right. And then it was, oh, well, it's a some more severe sprain. And then at the end of the season, when it's all said and done, Zeke, Zeke wasn't going to look, look, he wasn't going to let y'all just talk shit. He came right on that podium. And the first thing he said, yeah, you know, well, playing through a torn PCL. Oh, that's what it was. Pissed me off even more. It's as if the Cowboys front office, they had a brain fart. When Zeke tore his PCL, partially torn PCL, the Cowboys staff tore their brain apart. Because it makes absolutely no sense to continue to play that man through a PCL injury. Especially when you got a guy like Tony Pollard and Corey Clement, who I thought could have at least held held it down. Didn't necessarily need them to be peak Ezekiel Elliott, but they could have held it down through a four-game stretch where Zeke had to sit down. Because let's be honest with ourselves here. This isn't 20. It wasn't 2016. 2017, right? Where, oh my gosh. Ezekiel Elliott is a straw that stares the drink, right? That was without a doubt. Seven week seven to sixteen, Zeke seventeen week seven to seventeen. Ezekiel Elliott is not the straw that stirs the Cowboys' drink. 
So you could have sat him down so he can get healthy. And if you are in the camp that still believes that, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is the offense, well, he can't be the offense if he's hurt. So sit him down, let him rest. Because he, he definitely ain't the offense playing like this. Now, I, I don't I didn't bring up the film from those weeks because it's hard to watch. It is. It's hard to watch Zeke just ram up, you know, the A-gap, put his head down, and just get what he can get. That Cardinals game was rough. It was rough. So when you combine the Zeke injury, you combine the coaching gaffes, I will call it that, the other injuries, the the blocking, the play calling, designs, whatever, it all adds up to that second half Ezekiel Elliott. Because make no mistake about it, even injured, if you had better blocking, better play calling, I think he performs better than that. I think he performs better than that, Cowboys Nation. But now, you face a dilemma. You face a dilemma with Ezekiel Elliott's future. I'm not saying this just because of what happened in the second half of the season. This could have been the case in general. But you definitely have have a, a question to ask about his future and if he's going to be here. And we'll talk about that in a second. Let me get the Los on the horn. What's up, Los? Good morning, Scott. Good morning. Good morning. How's it morning? Uh, man, I'm just going let me just say this about Zeke. And this is all I have to say about him. Mm. When Zeke was drafted, I truly believe it was the best decision for that year. Because we go we forget Dak wasn't that quarterback during that year. Tony Romo was. And let's say it was a big butterfly effect. A what if, right? What if Tony never got hurt? What really complimented Tony was a good running game that makes the cornerbacks or linebackers collapse, and then Tony takes over the top or attacks those zones. So I'm not mad about getting Zeke, you know, in the fourth-round pick. What I am bothered about is when this front office paid Zeke first and knew that was the primary reason we were, you know, I'm not saying primary, but, you know, a big primary reason trajectory of where we needed to be. And I knew immediately Zeke wasn't part of that picture because let's face this guy, running backs in this league, you know, it's really, really hard to find a consistent, healthy running back. I mean, let's so, at Christian McCaffrey. To me, it, it, what you just said, it low key is contradicting to your first part of the, of your call. Like hindsight is hindsight. And, and that's kind of all we got right now. But, you didn't have to take Zeke, right? I'm not. I'm not complaining about the pick because Zeke Elliott was a, was a prime reason why the Cowboys were successful in 2016. However, knowing what we know now, you could have had Derrick Henry in round two. So I, I can't sit here and say you know just, well Zeke Elliott and because they got Tony Romo and they needed to take. No, they didn't. They could have waited to the second round. In the third round, whatever. There were other backs that were taken, Jordan Howards and things like that. Now, are, are those guys, were they Zeke early on? Nah. Now, Jordan Howard, believe it or not, early on was the second best back out of that class for about the first two to three three years. Uh, he was getting busy. But if you look around the league, how many Ezekiel Elliott's is, is playing in the Super Bowl? You know what I mean? How many, you know what I'm saying? Like, like how many Ezekiel Elliott's 
are the the sole reason or the primary reason why their team is in the Super Bowl. It ain't 1998 no more, man. So you know, I get. I, hold on, I get the criticism of the pick. You can you can enjoy what Zeke brought the Cowboys early on, but also understand the criticism of the pick, like you are doing right now, right? You're criticizing the running back position, and that's that's fair. Yeah, and, and let me say that um, I did not know Derrick Henry was in that same draft. Derrick Henry, was, yeah, uh, we but, picked Jalen Ramsey. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jalen Jalen Smith in the second round, but they could have got Derrick. Oh yeah, I mean, keep in mind, Scott, this is the same front office that said Jalen Smith was a cornerstone in our franchise. But yeah, even that here, that's here and there. But you know, I mean, I don't know, Scott. Like I, I understand where everyone's coming. Like, I just really do think that um. Could we have done something different? Absolutely, you know. But I still think if we chose Jalen Ramsey or one of these guys, who knows we would have resigned them because their price would have went up too. So that's all I have to say, Sky. Interesting. But yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you, Los. I think they would have signed Jalen. I mean, I hope. I think they would have signed him because they don't. They're never really going to pick a guy in the top. Well, you know what? Let me shut up about that. Was there was Mo Claiborne when he got picked? Was there a fifth round option at that time, or was it just strictly five years? That was twenty twelve. So it, they didn't re-sign him to a long term term deal, but he didn't really deserve it. So if Jalen Ramsey was Jalen Ramsey, I think they would have re-signed him. They signed Zeke because Zeke was extremely productive and important to the team, regardless of positional value. And they clearly threw that out the window. In that in that draft, right? They took a running back in the fourth pick, and then they followed it up with taking the off-ball linebacker with a degenerative knee, or with, not even degenerative. He ain't have one, <laughs> and drop foot in the second round. So value be damned. They went ahead and got what they wanted to get. And again, hindsight is definitely twenty twenty. But if on one hand you can't say, well, they had to take him because of Tony Romo and yada yada yada. Well, no, they didn't. There was other running backs they could have took. Yeah, Sam, they they didn't sign they didn't sign Byron, but let's be real. As much as I like Byron Jones the player, Jalen, we're talking about Jalen Ramsey. I, I can't see them letting Jalen Ramsey walk out that door. Uh, he would have sold jerseys. He would have been a popular player. Hell, he he would have been your Dion of the new generation. Loud mouth, you know, talking, but can back it up on the field. I did get cooked in the Super Bowl. But nonetheless, Jalen Ramsey's been one of the top cornerbacks since he's been drafted. Uh, let's get to B. Hey, we must we we must we must be triggering you this week, B. We talked about receivers yesterday. Now we talk about Zeke. What you got? <laughs> Y'all tapping, bro. All that cap. Man, everybody wanted Zeke a year, including me. Nah, no, no. Oh, d- listen, I was cool with Zeke too, but not everybody, bro. There was a loud crowd for uh bosa and ramsey brother there really was i remember not one i'm gonna be i'm gonna be i'm gonna just put it factual i I didn't i wasn't sure about bosa because i thought he was just some white boy that was overrated you want me to be i'm gonna say exactly how i thought he was that's what i thought he was i thought he was just some technician who was this big white boy who was just (laughs) who was overhyped was just a beast and and that wasn't gonna 
Yeah, and I didn't think I didn't think he was gonna trans. I didn't think it was gonna translate. I was wrong. I would have, you know what I'm saying. But Jalen Ramsey, because I remember where the team was at that time, and like your boy Los just said, and Broadus says it all the time, they took Zeke for Romo because they thought they were sure. going to get Romo at least two more years. And to me, it was the right pick. What makes everybody pissed off about this pick is that. He now has a $100 million contract or a $90 million contract, whatever it is, and people are looking at Zeke like he's not the same back. The offensive line is not the same as it was, so the running back is automatically not going to be the same. But he's not. Zeke had 1,000 yards last it, year it, on one See, this is exactly what I talked about earlier. Y'all want to throw around the 1,000 yards. For, for who cares no, about the 1,000 yards? No, he got 1,000 yards because saying, of what happened in Week 18. No, no, you cut me off. You cut me off. I wasn't saying a thousand yards because, oh yeah, man, just look at him. I'm saying he had a thousand yards on one leg, and he shouldn't have been playing. And like you said earlier, they was force feeding him. I think they should have sat him down. They missed that window. He should have sat down from the Chiefs game past the Saints game. That would have been three games that he could have got. Bro, I don't even think I don't even think Zeke got thirty yards in any of those games rushing. If I'm not mistaken, I don't even. He think only he averaged 30 yards. 39 yards between week seven and 17, so you know, he, it was it was rough. He didn't have a game above 52 yards in that span. It was a rough Man, rough I'm, time. And I was over here like, how in the hell did that did that equal? Did he get to a thousand yards? So what that told me is the first six seven games of the season, this man was cooking. Man, he was, was healthy. He was playing well. Yeah. And and you know what I'm saying because you remember you remember Scott the first four or five games of the season or whatever it was we was like damn Zeke back oh he just look he just looks healthy he looks like he he everybody was complimentary of him but you see how quick the fan base and the media jumped on Zeke man we knew that boy wasn't right but we didn't know what it was but we knew something was just not right and we finally found out what it was and. He wasn't going to come out and say that, but that just goes to show you that the head coach don't have the pair and the and the say so in the organization because there's no way that Zeke should have been playing, bro. No, he shouldn't. Have I don't. I don't care about. Oh, he can't do anything to it worse, but he can hurt your team. And Zeke, for the Mars part, he was hurting the team. I'm not saying TP is a better player because I think when we say that, I think we're wrong. I don't think TP is a better player but he's a more explosive player. And because he's a more explosive player, if you give this man 15 carries, he's going to break 30 yards maybe three times. You know what I'm saying? He's going to break. He's going to break. You're saying everything I've been saying for the last couple years in regards to Zeke. Like, like his explosiveness is not there anymore. And when you look at the games where the Cowboys struggled, I kept saying, why the hell weren't you giving the ball? Rushing, I'm talking about. Why the hell aren't you giving the ball to a, a guy that doesn't need 25 carries, right? If if he if he totes the ball enough, he just need one and he's gone. And I always I always say, if my running game is struggling and, and and I got a running back on my team that could take it at any given moment, he needs to get the ball in that game. The Saints game and the Chiefs game told you that. Because remember, in the Saints game, he wasn't doing nothing. But then he took that one, like, 60 yards. The Chiefs game in the beginning of the year when they did that little funky reverse. It was uh, uh, the Wildcat, yeah. Yeah, he broke about 40 yards. And I'm like, yeah. 
and 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 that's why I'm sitting over here, and I'll be like, when I sit here and watch these things, and it takes me back to this struggle with there that everybody wants a wide receiver in the first round. You got enough weapons, man, to to get you over until uh, Gallup come back and add to what y'all doing. Like you got TB. Like man, I, I was watching some some highlight tapes last night. And I was like, damn, man, this dude really do got a lot of ability that we really dropping the ball on and just not using. Yeah. Him, T- Tony Pollard, C.D. Lamb, and Schultz, if you play good defense and you can protect Zach Dak and run the ball, you gonna, they're going to go 500 the first four games. You know what I'm saying? At least. You know what I'm saying? You, we don't know who they're playing, but when you look at the opponents, they're not playing nobody like that. I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know who the, what the first four games are going to be. So that that's that's a big yeah, ask. Yeah, um, that's 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 the yeah. only that's the only thing. But just looking off the opponents. But yeah, man, this I'd have stuff, more man. faith. I'd have more faith offensively if I had more confidence in the coaching. Like I I, I can't fake the funk to y'all right now. Like like they got to gain my confidence back, and, and it's going to probably take you know those first four games Michael like Parker, you talk about. B. Yeah. Mike McCarthy's job? Yeah, I agree with you. Mike McCarthy's job. Go ahead and say it. I'll say it for you. You don't got to. McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's job. Uh, Kellen. You know what I'm saying? Like, those two dudes, they, they got to they gotta get me back on track. McCarthy for different reasons than Kellen. Like, it's come out that now that we know, which we knew already, that McCarthy really doesn't have a ton of say in that offense. That's pretty much Kellen's baby. Now they want him to have more say, right? But um, at that time, he didn't. So, so I need McCarthy to be a better leader of men, right? I need McCarthy to be a, a guy that gets these guys more disciplined and things like that. Uh, as for Kellen, I just need to see more growth, right? Like, he's, gr- he's not this awful offensive coordinator. He's a young offensive coordinator, and I just need him to see him take that next step because when, when, you know, when it was dicey last year against these better teams, when they started to figure him out, he kind of got exposed. So... I need to see him kind of, you know, progress from that. So if I trusted them, B, maybe I feel a little bit better. But when you when you combine, you're not going to have Gallup for a while. And we're just talking about ass constructed right now. And right. those those weapons outside is very sketchy besides C.D. Lamb. And no, Washington got some talent. But you know what I mean. Overall, it's not like last mm-hmm. year. Uh, on the tight end, you got what? Dalton Schultz, and then I like Sean McEwen, but again, he's a guy that I, I can't sit here and cap for y'all. I love Sean, but I got to see it. Uh, and then the running backs are the running backs. They're going to be cool, but the offensive line, it's a question mark. It's, the depth isn't as there, you know, as it was last year. So it's a lot more questions offensively, so I can't fake the funk right now. We got some pieces. We got to add more, though. Yeah, we do, man. I think I don't think they're going to be as bad off if like you said if if the if the if the offensive staff if we can have a little more trust in them i think they're gonna be fine i don't know what that's gonna result to i don't know if it's gonna result to them making the playoffs winning a division you know what i'm saying but i think they'll be fine you know what i'm saying yes what about this you know i just do they have to figure out their identity and then just go all in on that identity. They might not go all in in the offseason, but but figure out what your identity is going to be. Are you going to be a spread offense? Are you going to be a ground and pound offense? Whatever it is, go all in on that, right? Like if it's going to be ground and pound, load up on the offensive lineman, right? 
hell, maybe you have to get another running back in, 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 on day three just in case because you're going to be pounding Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard into the ground, right? Um, get another tackle to add to your depth. Get, you, you should probably have signed another tight end too. Maybe you draft a tight end too, but go all in on that identity. If it's going to be more of a spread, then maybe it is that wide receiver early on, and maybe it is that potential tight end one you know, in round three, and just go in on that identity. What's the identity, B? What is it? Man, I couldn't even tell you. Exactly. And you know what? The thing about it is we have to figure out – well, I think we have an idea, which is crazy because we just fans. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they have to, to, to be honest with themselves and say, if, like, if I'm the coaching staff, I'm going back and I'm saying – what Dak is, is he's 2016. That's what Dak is. Give him a strong running game. Oh, okay. So it doesn't mean that you're a, it doesn't mean that he's a bum. He still threw for over a damn, a damn near 4,000 yards. Oh, yeah. He's he's without a doubt a, a way better quarterback than he was early on in his career. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like any quarterback, mean, you give them a running game, a balanced attack, right? Uh, they're going to be better. You always say efficient. Say you always efficient. Say efficient. Yes. Yeah. Give me an efficient running game with Dak Prescott, and we can go to work. And that's all I want. Yeah. Give me an efficient running game from week to week, and I think you, I think the team overall will be better. Sure. But if this defense takes a step back, you're gonna be looking at you. Mike McCarthy may not make it to Thanksgiving. Dan Quinn is what's gonna save McCarthy from getting fired in season. I really believe that. I hope. And like you said, like you said. If this team needs to figure out his identity, are we trying to win the Super Bowl this year? Which I don't believe they are, and and, and, and just bear with me. What I'm saying is more of a rhetorical question. Are we trying to win the Super Bowl this year, or are we just trying to build a football team? Because if you're trying to just build the football team, Tony, no defense, front, offensive line and front seven is where I would be focusing. Offensive line, front seven, and tight end. I mean, go and look I at – I know you want to take the – Go look at the 30 the visits. The best ability player and all that stuff, and I'm, I agree with it. But to me, that's where the bread and butter of the draft is. Defense. Defense, I like – I think that's a lot of offensive linemen I like, and I like the tight end class. Wide receivers and, you know, deep, too. It's a too. lot of wide receivers. Yeah, wide receivers, yeah, wide receivers, deep receivers deep. Yeah. yeah, so you just got to figure out what you're really trying to do. And obviously, they're not going to come out and tell us. But we just kind of got to read the tea leaves and see. And we all kind of feel at this point that they're punting this year. That's that's where I'm at with. I feel like they're punting, but they're not really telling us they're punting. And this draft to me is going to tell us a lot about what it is that they're really trying to do. Well, you say read the tea leaves, right? I think if we're reading the tea leaves, we're narrowing it down to offensive line and wide receiver early on. That seems to be the consensus of what the Cowboys will go to. And I don't want people to get caught up with just the first pick because we've now caught what? Now, oh, boss man, we won't say boss man, but you got Trevin Diggs in the second round, right? Yeah, you got boss mm-hmm. man last year in the second round. Like you, you can get talented starters in the second round, so it's not end all be all what happens in the first pick. But I tend to lean towards whatever they don't take in round one at those top needs. I think they'll grab in round two, unless there's just a ridiculous value that falls to them, like Nick Benito when we did the mock draft. Yeah, I just don't want them to force an offensive lineman pick in the first round. Because like I told you yesterday, I don't think Kenyon Green's going to – I think Kenyon Green's going to go a lot sooner I, I than thought, everybody's thinking. I thought you would want them to take one based off of you know what I'm hearing. 
I know you, you don't I want a, a lineman, but then you said, you know, we need to get the running game going and, and beef up the front. Right. I mean, he's he's part of beefing up I, the front. You know, I've been, I've been telling you from jump, I'm a big Salyer fan. I've been telling you from jump, I hey, give me Salyer in round two, maybe, maybe, you gotta, maybe, maybe three. But I don't – I wouldn't – I would – You just, just you just defense. You want defense, period, in round one. I, it just depends on who's on the board. Is is Kenyon Green? Are you taking Devin Lloyd over Kenyon Green? Probably. I think he's higher on my board. Exactly. I don't have a, I don't have an official board, but if I had to, who you got higher, I'd have Devin but Lloyd. I don't. I don't know if they do it though. Why not? He brought I him in for a thirty visit. Yeah, but I don't. I just. I. I just have this feeling that they're going to push these wide receivers and these offensive linemen up the board. And they're, they'll leave a player like Devin Lloyd on the board. I just – because they're, they're so stuck on offensive linemen in the first round, I don't want them to leave a defensive player that's when you say higher than they, Do you mean fans or are you speaking for the Cowboys? I mean Stephen Jones, the Joneses. I'm not even adding Will McClay into this because <laughs> we know he's not the general manager. So when I say they, I mean Joneses. Well, why why, why do you believe they're stuck on, on offensive guard in the first round? If you listen, because to, they, listen to Jerry, because of, Jerry said because of that because of Jerry. Jerry said, yeah, you know, we're looking at offensive line early uh, unless, uh, you know, uh, what's his name, uh, C.D. Lamb or Michael Parsons falls to us. Now he's being, you know, he's exaggerating, but mm-hmm. Devin Lloyd, there goes your guy if he falls. And then if one of those top receivers fall, I think they'll take one. So, yeah, if Lloyd falls to you at 24, I do think they'll take him. You think they'll take him? Mm-hmm. If, if If that's what it is, then, you know, I'm all for it. But, you know, I just, that's, I just feel like what I'm looking at is that, like you just said, if you're reading the tea leaves, it's going to be offensive lineman and wide receiver. And I believe that's the way they want the board to fall to them. Hey, yeah, but that's the I way it's lining up. Rather, yeah, but see, I would rather move up three spots to get Devin Lloyd than sit there and wait for Kenyon Green. I don't have Kenyon it's Green a lot as a first-round player. It's a lot of hypotheticals. We, if we can speak on hypotheticals nothing. all day, B., all day. Devin Lloyd, yeah. you're saying 21, he'll be there. He might be going at 15, 16. He might not even yeah, be there in the 20s. Exactly. Right? right? We could do a whole bunch of hypotheticals. Uh, but but in general, we, we all come have come to the understanding that wide receiver, offensive lineman, and linebacker are your, the top of your needs. You can order them however the hell you want to order them, but they are the top of your right. needs, and you only got two picks and one pick in the top 50. So you can't address them all right away and that's the that's the position we've put ourselves in so i don't want cowboys nation to get caught up in round one's pick because it's not going to make everybody happy it doesn't matter who the hell it is bro i'm I'm telling you so get ready it could be at the most important position of need or whatever the cowboys take them some a bunch of fans are not going to be happy because there's other needs that need to be addressed that's the position we're in we're not in a luxury position to say, all right, cool, whoever right. falls to us, this is great, man. We'll, we we don't need anything. That's that's just not true right now, unfortunately. And I heard, was, was I tripping yesterday when I, did you and Bosch do like a live talking about somebody mocked Tyler Smith to the Cowboys at 24? Oh, yeah, yeah, we were, com- <laughs> we were coming at Peter Schrager a couple of days ago. Yeah, Peter Schrager yeah. has, yeah, I don't, I don't, that will be ridiculous. Listen to this. So he had, Cowboys taking Tyler Smith with George Karloftis on the board, Dev, uh, Devontae Wyatt was on the board, Nicobe Dean, 
was on the board. Um, I can't. Rem- I don't know if one of the other receivers were on the board, but it was a lot of players left that were like, "What are you doing here?" Yo, that's wild, man. And sometimes I think these mock draft dudes just be wanting to create conversation. There's not a chance because it's. it's I mean, I shouldn't say that. Let me shut up because the Cowboys are the Cowboys. But boy, if they take Tyler Smith over all those other dudes we were just talking about that was still on the board. I'm gonna be honest with That'd y'all. Be I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be pissed. Now Tyler Smith could be That'd an all. Be he could come out to be an all pro, but we're just talking about right there, right then and there. I'd be pissed. Man, I, I think pissed would be an understatement for me. I hope. Matter of fact, I'm not even gonna dignify with with a with a response even further any anymore, man, because Ooh. I don't believe that that would happen. I'm not even. I don't even think that happened. I think dude was just bored because I don't even have him as a first round player. I don't have him as a. I heard Vot say. He, if he would like him at 56, if that's what it was. Nope, not me. Yeah, he, he calls him a first-round talent, but but he thinks he'll get taken in the second. Yeah, I don't even think he's I don't even think he's a second-round player. That's just me. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think he's a second-round player. I think he's I think he's so sloppy with his technique. His hands are bad. You know, his feet and his hands don't work together. He catches blocks. You can't catch blocks as an offensive tackle, man. You let people get into your chest like that. We also got We also have to project out to the future, right? Like none of these prospects yeah. are finished products. You have to have the ability to say, okay, is there something there? Um, we talked about ceiling and potential yesterday on on the show. It, it, what's the ceiling look like, and does he have potential to be a starter or a a, a pro or all pro, whatever, right? So I think there's potential there with Tyler Smith. Not, he's not a finished product. Yeah, that's not in the first two rounds though. No. That's just me. I oh well, my damn mind. Fifty six. I wouldn't complain about it. I would. Depending who's on the board. I, if Tyler, who's on the board? If if the, yeah, I guess it depends on the board. But still, um, I got nah, you. Hell bro. no. I'd, I got you. I'd take Jelani Woods at fifty six before I took Tyler. Woo! <laughs> I ain't mind. <laughs> that's that. And I, if, if, if you told me I had to take him around earlier than take what? Tyler Smith, I would man, I'm, so, I would not be mad. I'd be, I'd be like, damn, that means I, everybody was gone. Before I let you go, Jelani was around earlier to me is 88, but he he, he might not make it there. I don't exactly. I don't. You you may not. That's around early to me. I think I don't think he's going in the fourth. I think he's a. I, don't think, so, I think the third round is his sweet spot. But if you told me that I had to take. I tell you what, man. Tyler, <laughs> I'm taking. I, I would have. I'm taking Jelani Woods, oof. and he's gonna have 12 red zone touchdowns. He bro. better. He get picked at 56, bro. You better come in here, and you better be that dude. Um, <laughs> and I and I love Jelani Woods. I would be happy, but but then as soon as it you know as soon as that happiness kind of goes away, I'd be like, uh oh, we took a tight end in I round know, right? two, and we got we got right. needs, bro. <laughs> we got needs. We got with needs. I uh, throw up, bro. I, I'm going to let you go, though, man. Thanks, man. I got to get to this breaking news over here. All right, bro. Let me see. I'm going to check it out. What you talking about? Yes, sir. Take it easy, All right, man. G. Yeah, we got a little breaking news. It ain't Cowboys news, but it's, it's, it's some news. Hey. Derek Carr just got paid. He just signed, according to Ian Rappaport. Appreciate you, Professor O. Uh, three year. Can I, can I pull this up? I'll pull it up for y'all. Yep, here we go. 
a three-year $121 million contract extension. And uh, he states here he's already the longest tenure QB in the AFC. So that is the breaking news. Quarterbacks getting paid, man. And just like the wide receivers, you know, we talked about this before. And I'm going to get to you, whoever just called in. Uh, looks like you, you hung up. Okay, yeah. Call back in. I'll get to you. Uh, just like the wide receivers, those highly paid players, the Dak Prescott, the Mark Coopers, falling down the ranks. And, con- and and this was what a lot of us were trying to tell people when they got all, oh, my God. All this money. Relax. In a year or two, especially three, your quarterback's pay is going to look like a damn bargain compared to the salary cap going up and compared to what other quarterbacks are getting. So and I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. So I'm not saying he didn't deserve it or anything like that. I like Derek Carr. But man, he got his 40 and a half mil per year. Good for Derek. Good for Derek. So that's the breaking news, y'all. Speaking of contracts, though, speaking of contracts, I did want to get into the Zeke stuff because, you know, that I think the contract conversation and the on-field conversation, you can have them separately and you also can say, well, I got to talk about both of them because some people, you know, at the same time, because some people will say, well, he was only on that field because of his contract. You know what I'll say to you? Hey, I believe it. We know it's true. At least I know it's true that they they do dictate when I say they the Joneses and the, you know the upper management they do influence who they want to see on the field. They may not say you know, uh, put them on the field, but they encourage you to, to to get it done. And I think Zeke's contract is is had had you know, a lot to say about him playing. Now, moving forward is where it gets interesting. The future of Ezekiel Elliott, right? This year, he's here. No one's worried about that. He's not going anywhere. Stephen Jones came out and said it. We'd love to have him here. He'll, he'll be here. You know, the, the Stephen Jones vote of confidence. Didn't have that to say about Coop. Didn't have that to say about Demarcus Lawrence. But in 2023, they have an out. This year, he's an $18 million cap hit, which is ridiculous for a running back. Next year, $16 million, which is still ridiculous for a running back. Uh, but, and I have, I'm going to ask you this question at the end. If they elect to move on from Ezekiel Elliott and make him a June 1st cut. They save $11 million on the cap and they can spread out the cap hit over two years and it'll be five and $6 million moving forward. They have not restructured his contract and they shouldn't, but they did it last year and the previous years. And that's why we are where we're at with this $18 million cap hit as opposed to it being lowered. So they have a chance to move on. And, and, and for a while, I've been bringing this up on, on the on air. I mean, what's it going to take for them not to move on? Or maybe I should rephrase it. Do you think that the Cowboys will move on from Ezekiel Elliott after 2023? It may sound blasphemous, but I think it's a real question. Will they move on from Ezekiel Elliott after this year? While y'all answer that question, let's talk about this week's ride of the week which is the freeman mazda 2022 cx9 touring combining a handsome exterior a near luxury interior and a surprisingly fun to drive nature the 2022 mazda cx9 is the three-row crossover for modern day 
buy you're starting at less than forty thousand because the cx9 touring is the highest of the models right has the apple carplay the android auto a three a third row seat which i always want i always wanted a third row seat but now my family ain't big enough for it adaptive cruise control all-wheel drive rain sensing wipers backup camera all that good stuff for the modern technology for the, with the modern driver so check out freemanmazda.net for more information or visit freeman mazda out of Irving, texas <laughs> professor o he gone hashtag he gone uh toxic tom says yes uh if they drafted okay i can't really read that one there steve see here jason says i think so jp yes i think they will says the reaper because jerry interesting you say because jerry i i, I would say because steven i feel like jerry probably loves zeke and they love zeke don't get it twisted the front office loves zeke the players love zeke the locker room loves zeke the coaches love zeke zeke i gotta give him props the first three four years of his career probably three years of his career it was about the off field zeke was immature he was young he was wilding getting older is maturing don't hear about zeke off field as much but now coming into question is his on field play so uh draft uh rashad white in rounds four to five this is the way i'm still struggling on when i want to address the running back because i'm i'm team get me a running back as a rookie and i think he can come in and be you know he can produce depending on your squad so i'm like do i want to get him now and only have three years left or do i want to get him next year and have the four years of cheap labor because as i'm going to give my answer here i think we're going to have a different running back room next year danny says yes zeke just wore down no hard feelings that's kind of how i feel a bit uh but running back only have a certain number of carries uh jeremy says sky would you rather trade up and get someone like cross by giving up a third or trade back and get zion i'm not for trading up in this draft I know I talked about a couple guys, but it's probably just one I would be all right with. Not I, right, I'd be happy with. Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. Y'all keep calling in and, and then dipping out. <laughs> uh, Steve, <clears throat> re-perceiving this Catboy. That's why I say Jerry. Every penny they can save, they will. Well, if Steven's Catboy, right, they would, they would cut him because Cat. TJ says they won't. They won't loving him when he is in Cabo. Oh, they wasn't loving him when he was in Cabo. They they caved though. They cave. Tino says they'll restructure his deal and keep him because he's our guy. They take care of their own. I will tell you this right now. I already don't think this front office has a clue sometimes. <clears throat> they do that. I wish I had that stone cold steve austin drop where he says you have just demonstrated you are the dumbest son of a (laughs) i am about to get that drop i promise you if they restructure this man's deal they will have demonstrated that they they are they are the dumbest son of a in the nfl you stupid uh 703 let me get to it before you hang up again what's up 703 hey i'm glad to be on but uh ezekiel is one of my favorite players but i would understand if they moved on uh with Catboy, uh cat boy and trying to get the most out of uh uh the piece of the pie as they say but i still think with a better o-line 
I still think that in the way that the Cowboys use their running backs out of the backfield, which sucks, I still think there's still more that Ezekiel could show us if he stays healthy. And I think he could potentially have a good year this this year. Don't get me. Don't get it twisted. If Zeke is healthy, I think Zeke will be productive. At this point, sure. the, the the question I have with Ezekiel Elliott, because let's just forget about the money for a second. He's here. He's not going anywhere. The question I have about Zeke is, is will he be worn down with all the carries that he got over the first six years of his career? Um, we're starting to see that kind kind of add up. I mean, you go look at his injury history over the last two years. He had the calf strain in 2020, and then he had the knee strain uh, this year, and then the torn PCL it, it got you know, torn all the way or, or partially torn. So it's starting to right. happen. And these are lower leg injuries. You get a calf strain, you get a, you know, torn PCL. Normally you don't see, and he's not old, but you, you don't see guys that get all those carries get healthier as they get older. So that's really the only thing that worries me is, is can he, can he hold up this year? And I think where, cause what really hurt us last year was, was a underrated, injury was when Rico Dowdle got hurt because yeah. when I I think because he, if uh if he doesn't get hurt then you do see Zeke sit down because I think he could be the he would take the carries that Zeke like the ground and pound carries then TP could still be your you know drop out of backfield or your you know your explosive guy still interesting so that, is, that is interesting I, I feel like and I've heard that before and I and I I hear that argument, but if you if you legitimately wanted to just get a bruiser, you could have won on the free agency market and got a bruiser that's out on the street. You could have traded a seventh round pick for a bruiser that's on somebody's practice squad. Um, you could have did that. And hell, I know I know Corey Clement is not looked at as an in between a tackle guy, but that boy was running hard, man. Damn. Oh yeah, I love Clement. I, I think uh, I think we he showed a little something on the the last game of the season, even though it was the last game of the season. But I still think. Uh, he had a little, uh, a couple good runs in there. Yeah. So, yeah. I definitely think he could have contributed. And but we'll see how this next season goes. I I hope Zeke turns around. He's one of my favorite players. But at the same time, we saw with Amari Cooper, if you aren't producing towards that cr- contract, you're kind of uh in your last days yeah. here. So. Yep. Excellent observation, brother. What's your name, man? <laughs> Glenn. Oh, you got to give me – so so you got a nickname because we already got a Glenn. I can't put you in there as Glenn unless I put you as Glenn from VA. You can do that. I actually, right. I live in – my numbers, you can do Florida. Yeah, you do Florida. Glenn from oh, – oh, okay, Glenn, listen, man. We had another – we had another caller from South Florida. You know, he – yes, he, he, you from South Florida too? I'm originally from uh, Georgia. Uh, hey, man. And then, if, uh, if I've all over, man. I've been all over the place. Lived near DC, but I can't. Okay. I couldn't be no uh, Washington football team fan. No way. Not at all. J- just don't be like our <laughs> former caller from South from 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 Florida. Uh, Matt from South Florida. He 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 was a little strange, and he didn't want to come back around no more. So I'm just just saying, you know, I got to put you in there. I got to put an asterisk. I'm gonna give you a couple chances, but so far so good. <laughs> so so far so good. You're not Florida man. You're not Florida man. I like that. Uh- yeah, I'm gonna be. Uh, oh yeah, definitely better over here. But thank you for having me, and uh, always for speaking that wisdom early on my Cowboys day. Thank and you, uh, you stay safe and be good out there. Thank you, Glenn. Appreciate the call. Good call, brother. Have a good day. Yeah. At the end of the day, 
in my Stephen Jones voice at the end of the day. Zeke's here, y'all. I said that last year. He ain't going nowhere. So let's talk about can he produce or how we can make him better, et cetera, et cetera. Healthy Zeke, I think, will be fine. That don't mean I want Zeke to tote it 25 times a game because I think we've now seen two years, really three, but two years of Tony Pollard deserving to be a feature part of this offense. I don't give a damn if you want to put him in the slot, give him reverses. I don't care. He deserves double-digit touches per game. And sometimes, hell, maybe he'll deserve more touches than Ezekiel Elliott, depending on how they're rushing. So, if he's healthy, I think he'll be fine this year. D-Block 88, though, he brought up numbers. And it's something that I've been thinking about, and I, and I, don't, I really don't know D-Block. He said, if Ezekiel Elliott gets... 1,500 yards rushing this year. Do we keep him for another year? I think the quick answer would be, yeah. I mean, 1,500 yards, you're probably talking double-digit touchdowns. You're talking about, hell, you're talking about rookie Zeke. Explosive, things like that. Now, how do we get those 1,500 yards? Is he just getting 30 carries per game? Or are we blowing dudes out and things like that? I guess you could add context to it. But 1,500 yards is 1,500 yards. We're not talking about 1,007 yards, right? Like, that you can look at and be like, huh? I'm not about to brag and boast about that. 1500 is a different story. I'm going to lean towards yes with that answer. Because like Glenn just said from Florida. Now, I'm not going to say Glenn from South Florida, but Glenn from Florida. He talked about the production, right? They need them needing to see the production matching the pay. If we're being honest with ourselves, I mean, let me see what he's done since he got paid. Two out of the three years have been, whether it be injuries, whether it be offensive line, whether it be court, whatever, right? Just look at the production because that's what everybody did with Coop. They didn't give a damn about context. It was Coop only had 800 and something, something yards. We ain't going to talk about his touchdowns, but he only had 800 and something, something yards. Forget what he did the year before. He only had 800 and something, something yards. So if, if he only has 900 yards, 1,100 yards again, you might see them come come calling. You might see the the Grim Reaper come calling for Ezekiel Elliott. 1,500, though, that could save him. That could save him. Uh, James says, Zeke can get 13 to 15 this season if he stays healthy. JP says, at some point, do you sell high? So you're talking about trading him. Hold on now. Bear with me. Let me see something real quick. Because that is another interesting quote, right? Like, if he gets has an amazing season, but he is a running back, do you trade him? Well, I think a team would have to be willing to take on that cap, that contract, which, looking at the the guarantees, I don't think there's much more after 2023. Interesting. I guess you could make a call, but I don't know that you're going to get a lot of, you know, 28-year-old running back, a lot of mileage. Did ball out, though. Maybe you'll get, like, a Patriots, like I said, Corey Dillon-type situation where a team that says, yo, we're we're in Ezekiel Elliott away. I don't need Zeke for five years. Y'all, y'all signed him to that long-ass deal. I just need Zeke for one or two years. We'll monitor him right, I, and let's try to go for this thing. So maybe. Maybe. Interesting stuff. Danny said, this ain't fantasy football, guys. <laughs> Sonya came in here and said, Zeke washed up. I, you know, I don't fight that anymore. 
I don't think he's washed in a sense of talent. I think he's, you know, I think he's banged up. Like he's, it's hard for me to trust a running back that's showing signs of being banged up. just all of a sudden being healthy. So that's really my only concern with him. I think I said this forever. Y'all know me. I've been on this. Y'all been watching me for a couple years. Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard together are better than they are individually for this team. I just hope that the team thinks in that manner as well. And they don't ignore TP anymore. Because he was ignored far too often last year. I can name about four different coordinators or head coaches that would die to have Tony Pollard in their offense. Kid me? Tony Pollard will ball out. So they need to use him. All right, man. Really good stuff today. I was very interested to see how you guys felt about, about Zeke. Because we, we talk about him in passing. But this week, we wanted to, to call on the head honchos. And I'm not sure if tomorrow or Friday we'll do Dak. Because uh, he's up next. He's obviously the most polarizing figure on this team. Um, his future is not in doubt. But the ending of the season, a lot of people are calling him into question, upset, and things like that. So we'll, we'll dive into him as well. Like I said, I'm debating if it's going to be tomorrow or Friday because Friday I'm looking to get our guy mowing here. So we'll see how that rolls. We'll see how that rolls. I thought about I thought about talking about Micah, but I'm like, Micah's still young. You know, he just was a rookie last year. I, w- I wanted to kind of call into question here. Not call into question, but put on the stand our veterans and our young veterans, the, the C.D. Lambs, the young veteran, the Diggs, young veteran, Zeke, Dak. I think that's really about it. I, I could bring up Demarcus Lawrence, but maybe we'll bring up Demarcus Lawrence. We'll see. We'll see. You want to do Schultz? See, I don't. I don't view Schultz in the same light as those other guys, though. You know I mean, like, if something were to happen to C.D. Lamb, Diggs, arguably he's a healthy Zeke. Let me see what happened. Uh, Dak. We in trouble. Something happened to Schultz. I still feel like you're a product of the system, man. I just do. Uh, and I'm sorry for Schultz fans out there. I just I don't look at him in that light, man. And I hope he proved me wrong. He becomes the best tight end in the league. I just don't look at him in that light. Uh, I saw something in here that was interesting. Somebody said, are we going to talk about Steven? Okay, James said it. Sky, are we, are we talking about Steven Jones? He gets talked about essentially every day on this, but we, we we've went into to grave detail on the front office and Steven. I, I I recommend going back into the archives. We we have some fantastic shows on the front office, but as we get closer here to the draft and with free agency ending for the Dallas Cowboys, essentially, we're now refocusing on the players. And I said this before: once we get to training camp and things like that, the, the focus will shift back to the coaches. Best believe we talked about it a little bit here today, but let's not get it twisted. Kellen, you're on the clock. Dan, as much as we love you, you're on the clock too, right? Yeah, we had a good year with us, but we need to see you continue to, to progress. And Mike McCarthy, you're on the clock. So we're kind of just in that 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 cycle right now. Trying to trying to keep it as fresh as possible. It's tough right now. Cowboys ain't giving y'all or us or Cowboys Nation anything to really dive into. We're not active in the trade. We're not active in free agency. They're not doing anything pre-draft. So I'm trying to give y'all some fresh stuff, man. With that said, go ahead and press this button here in a second. Make sure y'all visit uh, A to Z Sports Dallas.com. Fantastic articles up there. We talked about Shane's article the other day that had our staff first round pick. 
I think we're going to do a staff, and I'll talk to Shane about it or whoever wants to do it, uh, mock draft. We didn't do a mock draft this week, huh? That just reminded me. Maybe we'll do a mock tomorrow, and then we'll do Dak on Friday or vice versa, one or the other. Uh, but, yeah, we'll do a mock draft uh, with the staff. That'll be fun. And then we're here. The first day of, of uh, the NFL draft is two weeks away. It's wild. Two weeks away. And we'll be here. With that said, man, appreciate you guys. All the donations, the phone calls, the chat was lit. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Make sure y'all check out Mauricio Rodriguez later on tonight. A to Z Sports. Big shout out to our sponsors, Freeman Mazda, Hyundai, Texas Family Fitness, and Worth the Poor. Enjoy y'all hump day. We out of here. Love y'all. Peace.